0: Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. Hello to everyone who's connected online right now during the live filming, and hello to everyone who is connecting on demand later on in the day or later on in the week, and it seems like there's more and more people who are doing that now, and hello to you and welcome to you. For those that don't know, we're going through a series on the book of Acts. And today we're, when I say book, if you're not familiar with the Bible, the book of Acts is a book within a book, which is the Bible. The Bible is a compilation of all kinds of writings from from history to law to poetry to prophetic books to biographies of Jesus' life, divine biographies called Gospels, the the gospel of matthew mark the the gospels of matthew mark luke and john and then uh, initially, uh, directly following that is the book of acts and then we have a whole bunch of letters that we call epistles including romans first corinthians second corinthians and onwards so we're in the book of acts it was written by luke dr luke who wrote the gospel of luke and we are continuing along and we we are in chapter 10 along with each chapter that we do there's bible backgrounds that go along with this guys if you if you're unfamiliar with that so make sure you tune into those on our on our christ academy uh dot online social media on tiktok facebook youtube and ig instagram all right so let's head into chapter 10 this week i've entitled today's message blinded by tradition until this happens all right so let's Let's do that. But let me set the, in a sense, set the table or set the scene as to what is going on in this particular chapter. So last chapter, let me get this off the screen here. Last chapter, this was the instance where the apostle, well, he wasn't the apostle at that time, but Saul, who was, per, who was a Pharisee, he was a leader, he was persecuting the people who were following the ways of Jesus, and try, he was trying to put them in in prison, he was trying to kill them off. He was so against Christ, and then Christ, or who we call Jesus, he encountered Saul on the road to Damascus, and from that point onwards, like Saul was uh, the became a believer and he started to learn. Although other Christians, other Jesus followers, were were scared of this guy because because of his reputation. God spoke, and eventually they began to trust him more and more. But here is a different scene as we come to Acts 10. And as we head into this scene, it's important to know. I want you guys to know something, uh, a little bit of background before we go into this, or else it won't make sense. But in Jewish culture, prior to this point in history, it was considered unclean to associate with non-Jews, who they called Gentiles. It was unclean to, to go into their houses, to be amongst them. And in a sense, the Jews looked down on non-Jews. That's why they, they hated to go through Samaria. The, the Jesus' followers didn't want, as, as, as Jesus went to, through Samaria, they didn't really want to go there, and they, they questioned him about that. And so what we see in the, in the first scene here in this scripture, it starts off with someone who is not a Jew. All right, so let's head into verse 1. And by the way, when I say unclean, I'm not talking about like physically necessarily. I'm talking about uh, ritualistically unclean. Um, it's it's similar if a Jewish person w- would have to eat something which is non-kosher or, or a Muslim having to eat something which is non-halal. All right, so here we go. Cornelius's vision. We're going to be talking about Cornelius's vision. We're going to break this up into two parts, guys, at least the scriptures. The first part of the scriptures is going to talk about Cornelius' vision. Then we're going to talk about Simon Peter's vision. We'll just call him Peter, Peter's vision. And the first part is a heavenly assignment, and then the next part we'll show you what's up with that in a moment. So let's head into this particular scripture right now, verses 1 to 8. So Cornelius, this guy, it starts the, the scene starts with Cornelius. And I want you to take note that this is Cornelius. He's a Roman centurion. He's a Roman. He's a non-Jew. He'd be considered unclean to Jews at that time. And he was a centurion. What does that mean? It, that means that he was in charge of 100 soldiers. He was the leader of 100 soldiers. I don't know if they called that like a platoon or whatever they called would call that. But um, centurion, the root word, it relates to century or a hundred years, but this is they, a hundred soldiers. The centurion was paid about six times the wages of your average soldier. So this guy, this guy was a leader. He was a he was probably an alpha male. He was probably wealthy because of the type of pay that he got. He was he had servants that we're going to see in this story, and and um, and he had his own place. and And I'm sure this place had had many rooms because he was able to house servants in it, maybe even his family. So Cornelius is his name, and we'll read this now. So Cornelius, a Roman centurion and a member of a unit called the Italian cohort, lived in Caesarea. Cornelius was an outsider, but he was a devout man, a God-fearing fellow with God-fearing family. He consistently and generously gave to the poor, and he practiced constant prayer to God speaking of prayer. About three o'clock one afternoon, he had a vision of a messenger of God. We'll go to the next verse. The messenger of God said Cornelius. Cornelius freaked out, he was scared. He said, What is it, sir? This brave god, this brave soldier who's been in war, he's 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 scared. Of this messenger, because this messenger is a heavenly messenger, an angel. The messenger of God said, God has heard your prayers, and he has seen your kindness to the poor. God has taken notice of you. Send men south to Joppa, to the house of Tanner named Simon, which is a different Simon. Ask to speak to a guest of his name Simon but also called Peter you'll find his house near the waterfront after the messenger departed Cornelius immediately called two of his slaves or servants and a soldier under his command an especially devout soldier he told them the whole story and sent them to joppa let's go to the next a couple of verses that's actually sorry let's go back we're just going to hang out in, in verses one to one to seven, not one to eight, actually. Um, here we see this Roman soldier who's not practicing the religion of the Romans. He's practicing the religion of the Jews. He's a God-fearing man, the scripture says. He, he was generous to the poor. He did righteous things. We talked about being righteous. And then all of a sudden he receives this vision, his vision from God, where he sees he sees an angel. God speaks to him through a vision. We all know—I shouldn't say we all know—but if we've been walking with Jesus as a, a part of being a Christian, most of us understand that we hear God through reading the Bible. That's one thing. That's one way, and that's probably, that's the primary way, and that's the most solid way. But another way that God speaks, at times, is through visions. It might be it might be when you're sleeping, he might speak through a dream. It might be when you're half asleep or you're meditating and he might, and it might it might feel like a vision or almost like a trance. It depends, God can speak through all kinds of different ways. He can speak through creation or nature. He can speak through other believers. He can, So when we go to life group, that we hear we, uh, someone share something that comes from God, then we hear God through them. We hear God through each other and that's super powerful and valuable. It's not that God just speaks through the pastor of the church. So another way that God speaks is through the pastor of the church. And oftentimes the pastor is speaking from God's written word. But the the pastor or other believers, they might, um, if the written word is called the logos in Greek, in Greek, rhema is the living word. It's a living word in the moment that just comes, that you sense something that God has for you for someone else. You might not even sense it at times but God will speak to you he'll give he'll speak through you because he'll give you a word he'll give you the rhema for someone else God speaks in all kinds of different ways you may know some other ways that God speaks he speaks at times through songs he speaks through your memory as you remember scripture as you remember exhortations or encouragements that other people have given you he speaks in all kinds of different ways but it can be very confusing knowing when God is speaking and when He is not. Someone on our Facebook on the Christ Academymy.online which just sharing this past week that they, at times they find it really difficult to trust themselves because they don't know what is from God and what is not from God. And how true is that? We, when we hear something from, that we sense might be from God, or is, we don't know, Is that, is that from me? Is that, is that my own internal voice? Or is God speaking to me? Or is the devil speaking to me? We all wrestle with these things. But as we walk with Jesus more and more, we get more and more familiar with his voice. As we read the scriptures, we got, we, we, as we read the Bible together, as we use the SOAPS tool together to do that, SOAPS meaning we write down the scripture, S for SOAPS, O for observation, meaning we restate the scripture in our own words. So we're, by the way, we choose a, a, a verse or a couple of verses and, and then... The A is application. How does it relate to me, or what am I to do out of this? And then P is prayer. You say you do a short prayer, and then S you share it with someone else. We use that tool. You can use it in your own personal life um, by yourself, but we use it in community, especially in our life groups, which we meet on Monday at noon Pacific time and Wednesday at seven thirty Pacific time, and and we we hear God through the scriptures. And as we do that more and more, because we've we've gone through Matthew. The, the Gospel of Matthew, the biography of Matthew. We've gone through the biography of of John, uh, of Jesus' life from written by John. We've gone through the biography of Jesus' life written by Dr. Luke, and now we're in Acts. We, we, hear, we, we hear more and more this consistent voice of who God is and how He speaks and, and, and what He stands for and what His message is for us. The more we know that, the easier it is to hear and discern God's voice. Last night... Um our family was sitting on the couch in our in our main room and we're sitting we and Maddie was just sharing with us some exciting stories about what God has been doing through her and in her and she shared one story that related to a a documentary or something on Netflix and it's interesting cuz we had Netflix on in the screensaver cuz it was on our TV our smart TV and then that the the preview thing for that that documentary came on the screen, and it and it's about cult leaders. It's about a cult leader or cult leaders. I'm not sure. It also showed another one at some point called Waco. I remember Lucas asking, "Is that Waco? Is that Waco?" And I said, yeah, "Actually, it's kind of both. It is. It's it's in Waco, but it is Waco as a, as the cult leader David Koresh." Led people to follow him as as the Christ, and led them to their death to kill themselves. And how do you know when something, when a message is from God and when it's not? How do you know when a person is from God and when he's not? How do you know if a person is 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 the Christ and when he's not? When he some say that they're the reincarnation of Jesus. How do you know that? When and when they're not? There's a there was a leader in Korea who led a cult called the Moonies. How do you know if that one, that guy, is this expression of Jesus and when he's not? It's when you read the scriptures and you hear more and more and get familiar more and more with God's voice that you see these inconsistencies with these leaders, these prophets that come and say that they're God. The other thing is that some of us have the gift of discernment. We talked about this in one of the life groups this past week. When you have the spiritual gift of discernment, you start to get these alerts in your spirit when something seems evil. And quite a few of you ha- have that have that gift. Some of you have experienced that, and you don't have that gift because it doesn't you don't experience it a lot. But but you can still have discernment. You sense evil. Something doesn't seem right about this person or this message. And so we start to hear God. And, and start to understand consistently and start to hear consistently his voice and are able to determine it. And so here we have Cornelius, and he experiences something completely, completely different. And he's learning, and he's growing in God. And he, and, and, and he experiences this vision, and a heavenly messenger, in, in other words, an angel, because angel means messenger, appears before him, and he's scared. We know this is an angel because it's a messenger. It had this, these glowing white clothes and the centurion was freaked out he was scared but he gets this message message to go to look for Simon or Simon Peter and so God is about to show him something different something new something that he's never experienced before and we'll talk about that more in a moment let's go to the next scene so the next scene is Peter's vision his vision in a sense was like a heavenly food truck and you'll see why when we read about it Cornelius had his vision Peter had his vision let's read it in Acts 10 9 to 17 it says this just as these men were nearing Joppa about noon the next day so this is who, who are these men again two slaves or servants of Cornelius, the Roman centurion, but one of, his, one of his main soldiers who he could trust, who was a low soldier. Then it says, Peter went up, and remember, he was, so Peter went up on the flat rooftop of Simon the Tanner's house. He planned to pray. This is customary to, to pray several times a day. But he soon grew hungry. He was hungry. He wanted to eat. While his lunch was being prepared, Peter had a vision of his own, a vision that linked his present hunger with that, sorry, with what was about to happen. A rift, a rift opened up in the sky and a wide container, something like a a huge sheet suspended by four corners, it descended through the torn opening toward the ground. This container teamed with four-footed animals and creatures that crawl, and birds and pigs, bats, lizards, snakes, frogs, toads, and vultures. Which, by the way, were unclean. In verse 13, a voice said, Get up, Peter. Kill. Eat. Peter said, No way, Lord. And he responds in his vision, No way, Lord. These animals are forbidden in the dietary laws of the Hebrew Scriptures. I've never eaten non-kosher foods like these before, not once in my life. That voice said, If God calls something permissible and clean, you must not call it forbidden and dirty. Let's continue. Verse 16. Peter saw this vision, not just once, not just twice. He saw this vision three times. It just kept occurring, almost like it was in a loop, like it was on repeat. But the third time, the container of animals flew up through the rift in the sky, and the rift healed, and Peter was confused. He was confused and unsettled, because the voice told him to do something he was unfamiliar with. He was confused and unsettled as he tried to make sense of this strange vision. At that very moment, Peter heard the voices of Cornelius' de- delegation who had asked for directions to Simon's house coming from the gate, coming from the front gate. And so, guys, we, what we see here, Cornelius had his vision. Cornelius then sends his men, his two servants and his soldier, to find Simon Peter according to the instructions that were given to him on the vision. He was given this task. He went and tried to accomplish it. He tried to fulfill it. He fulfilled the orders that were given to him, just like any soldier would. Then here at Simon Peter's place, uh, where he was staying with Simon the tanner, he was staying in in a place of someone who was unclean because killing animals, a place for dead animals because uh, Simon was a tanner, tanner of skins. This was a place that was unclean. So God was opening up his mind. So when he went up to pray, when he went up to the rooftop, because oftentimes rooftops in those days are flat and it, were, it was a place where people would go up to pray. He went up to pray at a time when it was customary and at that time he received this vision from God, this weird vision to do something which he was very, very uncomfortable with and that he never did before. I remember I remember when I went to eat sushi for the first time, when I ate specifically Fresh salmon let's call it raw salmon man that that was so weird it, it it took I was thinking to myself, man, this is so weird to eat something raw, and that to in my mind it seemed like it was bloody and that it was squishy, but man like it was so it was so unusual, so odd, so uncomfortable to do that there's another time where I was introduced years ago to Vietnamese food, and there was a a noodle soup with these rare pieces of beef, thinly sliced, and they were, they were bloody. They were a little bit bloody, and uh, we, we, I called that pho, p-h-o, but I learned later that it's it's actually pha, in Vietnamese. I don't know why it's spelt with an o. Oftentimes, things are sp- spelt kind of weird. But the first time I saw that. My friend, man, she was eating eating it, and she loved it like that. And I was thinking, this is so weird seeing this 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 girl eating like bloody beef in her noodle soup. But man, you grow to, you, when you, after you try it, you grow to love it. Same with sashimi, I love that with with some soy sauce and with some wasabi. Um, I don't know if you guys love that stuff. If you if you've ever had sashimi, if you've ever had pho, if you've ever had other kinds of food. Um, that you never tried before and you tried it and you started to like it, check that out in the chat. Check that out in the chat on the church online platform at live.morethan12.org or at morethan12.online.church. Um, man, there's something about trying something new. Sometimes you don't like it and that's okay. But God was, sh- but God was showing Peter something new. Something new that he wanted to... That, that God wanted... Uh, Peter to experience and that he wanted the believers to experience the disciples of Christ to experience and so he gave him this vision Peter was so confused He's like what? What what now? I'm supposed to do this? I supposed to? I'm supposed to eat these animals in this vision that I've never eaten before I mean for us We've eaten pork we've eaten pigs and that's no big deal But for someone who's never done that I mean in the scriptures at least in this translation It says even bats I mean to eat the to eat bats, I've seen people on YouTube on in a certain tribe like cook bats because if you if you eat that raw you're in trouble, but um, but they would do that like eat. Man, me and Lucas, I think we we're watching my son Lucas. I I can't remember if it's him or not, but we were watching people eating insects on uh, on one of these food shows, and man, it's crazy. I am trying to imagine could could I actually do that? Could I actually do that? Man but God was trying to introduce to them something new. And through these two visions, God was introducing something to people, to the followers of Christ, to people, to... I mean, Cornelius wasn't even a follower of Christ yet. He was just a follower of God. And so what we see is this. We see that, guys, we can often be blinded by tradition. We can be blinded by tradition until God opens our eyes to new things that he wants us to see. Sometimes it might be something that's just that's so small and so simple. Sometimes he wants to show us how to love. Sometimes he wants to show us how to forgive. Sometimes he might just want to show us a new place in town and just direct us there. It might not be that spiritual but God just wants to show us because God is our Father. Sometimes God wants to show us something really significant like He did in the book of Acts in this chapter, in chapter 10. In chapter 10, He was showing Simon Peter that nothing is unclean that God has said is clean, that God has allowed for. And so, with Simon Peter, He finally clued in, He finally clued in, it, it finally set in that He that it was okay for him to go and share the gospel with non-Jews like Cornelius and his family and those that were staying with him. As you continue to read the chapter, it's amazing. The house was filled with people, and Simon Peter went there, and he started to tell the story of Jesus. He started to share what he knew, what he had witnessed by himself. We call that being a witness. You don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes people just want to hear what you know so far. And then God will use that like how he did with Simon Peter. And God is doing that amongst some of you guys right now in this point in your life. For some of you, God has done that in a different season of your life. And you need to revisit that and let God use you. Listen to the Holy Spirit as he leads you. So that God can introduce Jesus to someone else through you. So that God can speak life into someone else through you. So that God can open up an access point for people to him through you. But what stops us often is that we're just blindfolded. Sometimes we're just we're blindfolded by tradition. I know what some of you guys are thinking. Some of you guys are thinking that tradition, oh, okay, Um, um you're talking about the guys who are used to worshiping God with an organ. Or you're talking about guys who are used to just sitting in pews in a church, or you're thinking about guys who read the King James Version of the Bible, whatever it is that you think is tradition. But whatever you've been experiencing for years, doing the same thing over and over again, even if it's modern, it can be a tradition. A tradition is something that just is done on a reoccurring basis. And so whatever you've experienced of God on a reoccurring basis even in our church, the way that we do things. Sometimes that can blind you so that you can't see what God wants you to see. You get blinded by your tradition. Our traditions always need to be subjected to God. Because there's times where God just wants to take that blindfold and He wants to remove it out of, out of our eyes, off of our eyes. But we hold on to it like this because it's our tradition. We're used to doing it this way. We're used to saying it this way. We're used to singing it this way. We're used to not sharing the gospel. We're used to not opening our mouths. We're used to being afraid. We're used to being indifferent. God wants to remove the blindfolds out of our eyes so that we can share the gospel with people and help them to experience new things and see new things And man, some of them are so hungry for God, guys. Some of them are so hungry for God, and they're waiting for someone to create an access point for them so they can enter in. Some of them don't want to ask your permission because they're shy or they feel like they're imposing, and they just need you to create an opening for them. And so we need to take the blindfolds of tradition off of our eyes, just as Cornelius did. Cornelius, he was just doing right things. He was God-fearing, and he helped the poor. But when God gave him that vision, he obeyed it. And on the other end, God was speaking to Peter with his vision and opening Peter's eyes, taking the blindfolds off his eyes, giving him new revelation from God. And that Peter obeyed and went with those men, those three men sent for, by the centurion, and he went and he shared the gospel with his family. With the centurion and those that were in his household and those people believed and followed Jesus man how impacting is that how fulfilling is that to cease that happen in someone's life it's the same way with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch that we read about a few chapters back and it could be the same for us as we begin to obey God and I'm convinced I sense that God is telling us, guys, over and over and over again through our journey in Acts, that he's doing a new thing. He's showing us a new thing, and we can't see that new thing unless we're willing to remove the blinds, the blindfolds from our eyes. I know what it's like to have blindfolds on my eyes. Sometimes when I can't sleep, and then the morning rolls up and it begins to become light, I put blindfolds on. I have these blindfolds in my nightstand I put them on so it's just all black sometimes we're just seeing all black we're just seeing what we're used to seeing because God wants and then God wants to show us something new and so we need to be willing to do that and we need to obey Cornelius received the vision he obeyed Peter received the vision and then he obeyed when we receive vision or insight or direction from God or wisdom from God Someone wrote about that in the comments of one of our social sermons online. Asking for wisdom from God. But then God shows us. And then blessed is the person who goes and obeys what God shows them. They're not satisfied with just hearing. They got to go pursue it and live it out. And that's the power. That's the power of living out the Word of God. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us through your Logos, through your Rhema. Thank you for speaking to us through the book of Luke. Thank you for the power of your Word. Your Word is incredible. We are blown away. We are blessed. And we are blown by the wind of your Spirit to go and spread the seeds of your Gospel so that there could be new life, in different places, in different peoples. So God, use us. Help us to listen. Help us to hear you in whatever way you're speaking to us, whether it's through a dream, whether it's through a vision, whether it's through nature, through scripture, through other believers, through our conscience, whatever it might be. And then help us to obey. Lord, you want to create these access points for people to experience you, to hear you. And you want to do it through us. We're grateful for that. Now help us to get over our fear, to get over our apathy, and to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.